0: Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series on Ephesians. Hey, good morning, guys, and I pray you're having a great, great day. And uh, hey, please join us this Wednesday, the 13th, uh, here on Wednesday night as we uh, dive into our equipped uh, series for three weeks in, uh, in January really fired up about uh, coaching you up on how to study the the Bible and how to dive deeper and develop uh, just a neat spiritual formation plan for you uh, in your own growth. I mean, we've we've been called to equip our people, equip the saints for the work of the service. And so Wednesday night, 7 p.m., I look forward to seeing you. Let me say this. I am so glad to be back with you. Barb and I were knocked down uh, with the sickness, you call it COVID, corona, flu, bronchitis. I don't know what all that stuff was, but man, it was brutal. And so for almost three weeks, this stuff really, really kind of pinned me to the bed, if you will, and uh, it's so good to be out of quarantine. I know my voice is still not that strong, but praise God for energy and strength, and uh, I'm so glad to be back with you today. Do me a favor, grab your Bible, grab a cup of coffee, whatever, and let's dive back into uh, our study in the book of Ephesians. It's been about a month uh, since we were last here in Ephesians. The last study I did uh, was in Ephesians 5, just kind of taking those first few verses. I'm going to do a review, and then we're going to dive into uh, those first six verses uh, here today. And I pray that your hearts are open. And that you're really anticipating uh, the Lord ministering and speaking to you today. So let's pray. Father, I do pray in Jesus' name that you would guide this time. Lord, thank you for worship today. Lord, thank you for what you're doing. And uh, Lord, I just pray that we would press into you. I pray that our hearts right now, uh, Father, would would eliminate any unnecessary noises uh, our minds. And that we would really just say, Lord, speak to us. We desire Uh, to engage with you. So, Father, have your way, I pray, and uh, just minister like only you can for your glory and bring about, uh, please, Father, transformation in each of our lives in Christ's name. Amen. So, Ephesians uh, chapter 5, and here's where I want to go with you today. Verse 1, you're looking at it, imitate God in everything you do. Because you are his children. Walk and live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ. He loved us. He offered himself as a sacrifice for us as a pleasing aroma to God. Very, very powerful text, right? Now, as we review just briefly... The Greek word for imitate is the word "mimetai," and it's where we get our English word "mimic" from. So, as Christ followers, we're called to mimic God, be like God, live like God, give like God, love like God, and we're called to follow the example of Christ. And so, when we study the life of Jesus, we would say, "Wow." If we're to follow that example, he walked holy, uh, righteous, pure, he walked in truth, and we're to live in such a way that others would look at us and realize, man, that person belongs to Jesus. And I believe each and every one of us, our aspiration and desire should be to be that man or woman that others would desire to be like. So we're said, uh, we're told, imitate, mimic God, follow the example of Christ. So again, Jesus was a man of humility. He was loving. He was a servant. He, he was very giving. And he had this sacrificial compassion that just leaked out of him. That is what we're called to live. Even in Ephesians earlier, we read, put on the new self which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth put on the new self we're told to put off the old and so the emphasis is be what god created you to be in christ again the emphasis this is who you are in christ ephesians 2:10 you are god's workmanship You are a -a one-of-a-kind piece of art. You are God's masterpiece. And you're created in Christ Jesus for good works. What are the good works? The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the humility, all, all that. And as his children, we are to walk in love. And again, there's four different words for love, but the emphasized here is agape. And when we're walking in love... Here's what we'll do. We will put off the old self. The old self was being corrupted with deceitful desires. And we will put on the new self, which will be kind to one another, tenderhearted, uh, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven us. And those will be the things that start to manifest of, of the spirit field and the spirit-controlled life that are imitating and mimicking God. Now, now remember this. When we, study, when we study, the law is summed up, and Jesus said this. It's summed up with two things. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Here, Paul captures that, if you will. Imitate God. Walk in love. That's loving God and loving others. Now, look at verse 2 and ask this question. What does it look like for you and I to walk in love? What does it look like to live a life uh, that's full of the love of God? Walking in love literally means that I am practicing the presence of Jesus. As Christ loved us, I am practicing the presence of Christ. Rick talked uh, about that last week. How would Jesus respond in this situation, right? So, Jesus <clears throat> is the model of what it looks like to walk in love. And when we look at how he treated people with compassion and care and tenderness, and he was forgiving, he was graceful. Ah, I pray that those things are manifest in our lives. We are to pattern our lives after Jesus. And after his love and love is to define all that we do and all that we say and again it's agape it's sacrificial it's laying down your life for others love is a lifestyle it's not a a place that we occasionally visit it is a lifestyle and love is something that we're called to practice daily so Back to Jesus. How did you love Christ? How did you love others? He gave himself up for us. He gave himself up for us completely. And this is love defined. Love is not just giving. Love is the giving of yourself. Now stay here for a second and think about this. Not understanding this truth, I believe, is why marriages fail. Not understanding this truth of giving of yourself is why I believe people fail at parenting. Giving stuff does not equal love. Love is the giving of yourself, the essence of all that you are. You can give and not love, but you cannot love without giving. You can buy gifts and not love. It's kind of the obligation versus adoration. I can feel obligated to do something and not be uh, have the adoration of my heart where I'm, I'm totally loving the person and opening myself up, right? You can open your wallet but refuse to open your heart. You love your children by opening your heart and giving yourself totally to your kids. Now, I'm not saying that they become uh, the pinnacle of all things but you love them by opening your heart. Hey, I I love you. Christ is first in my life, but I want the best for you, right? And so I open my life up so that they know my heart. Making money and buying stuff does not mean that you love your wife. You can love uh, your wife by opening your heart and giving yourself completely to her where she knows you, right? So the giving of gifts has meaning Only because you first give yourself completely. When we study it, even in Ephesians 4, it says that Christ gave gifts. He did, but he gave himself first. He opened himself up. He gave his heart. He gave his life. He gave his all. And this act of love, when you study it here, it was a fragrant, sweet aroma to God. The love of Christ, it cost him his very life, but that was pleasing to God. So we are called to give our lives away. Walking in love means that we will give ourselves away to Christ and and to the gospel and to the kingdom, and we will give ourselves away to others. This is what is pleasing to God. So these simple acts of sacrificial love are so crucial for us is we walk it out every day. And I pray, I pray that your life is defined by giving yourself completely yielded, surrendered to Christ, and by giving yourself away to others. Paul would even say, I've become broken bread. I've become spilled out wine. And that's what, that's what God has called us to. I want you to walk in love. Now, Now, notice the contrast here. Notice the contrast of mimicking God, and then he trends contrast over to avoiding sin. Mimic God, follow the example of Christ. And then he says this, but immorality and any type of impurity or greed, it must not even be named or mentioned among you. This is not proper among saints. There must be no filthiness, no foolish talk coarse jesting which are not fitting but the things that mimic God and reflect God is when we give thanks to the Lord for the goodness of who God is for this you know with certainty he says that no immoral or impure person or greedy man and he says that's idolatry those people are idolaters he says none of those people will have an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God and he goes on to say, let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, all of these things we just read, because of these things, the wrath of God comes down upon the sons of disobedience. And I want you to ponder that. And, and, and we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna ponder this for a little bit uh, over the next few weeks. But here's what I would say to you. My heart... Has been broken. I mean, just crushed as I have read about the sexual misconduct of Christian leaders over these last few months. And the truth is, it happens too often. And the truth is, it can happen to any one of us. And I'll deal with this in more detail next week, but my heart is heavy and I believe. We all need to take personal inventory daily, and we need to heed this warning right here. When when Paul writes to these believers in Ephesus, he's he's like, listen, please listen. Sexual immorality, all impurity, greed, it, it, it can't even be mentioned It can't even be named among us. He goes, this is not proper behavior for a saint, for a child of God, for a born-again follower of Jesus. These things are opposed to the Christian life. Now, this is heavy. And I I, I do. I I want you to sit there and just ponder this in your own life. Because uh, the truth is the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy And the enemy loves to bring about corruption in the body. Now, the Greek word that is translated in Ephesians 5 here, sexual immorality, it refers to all kinds of sexual misconduct. When you read it, it includes prostitution, homosexuality, and sex outside of marriage. So when you see the word sexual immorality, it is any sexual uh, activity outside of a marriage relationship between a husband and a wife. Now, we live in a world today where sex before marriage is accepted. We live in a culture today where living together before marriage it's almost like expected. And, it, and it's been like, oh, it's cool, it's okay. But please, 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 stop. The Bible is clear that these behaviors are sinful. Sex is to be reserved for marriage alone between a husband and between a wife. And if we're gonna walk in true love, again, walk in love. True love will avoid these things because these behaviors and these actions do not mimic God. They do not imitate God. They do not reflect the Lord. So despite what the world teaches, despite it, what the world is, the messages that it sends our way, love is not, it is not equated with sex. Most people in our culture believe that free sex is harmless and that nobody gets hurt as long as both people are consenting adults. But that is not true. It is outside of the will of God, and it can absolutely destroy your soul. Ephesians 5, when you look at it, it emphasizes three different sins, if you will, uh, that shipwreck our lives underneath this uh, sexual misconduct, if you will. Now, I'm, I'm going to read out of the Amplified version, and I would encourage you, uh, please make sure you've downloaded the Uversion Bible. It's a free app, and we have our sermon notes and uh, everything that we do on a Sunday morning, our bulletin, if you will, is on our version page. You can go to the Cross Loganville, and there's a link there that says version and it will walk you through how to download the app and how to download our weekly notes. Now, when I read uh, out of the uh, the, the version Bible app, I go to the NASB New American Standard. I'll read the ESV, the English Standard, New Living the message, whatever. But I love the Amplified Bible. And and I'm going to read uh, out of the Amplified some of these verses to you today because of the expressive terminology that it gives when expressing a passage here, okay? So uh, here it goes. He says, but sexual immorality, all impurity. And I love the way he, just in in, in in parentheses, indecent, offensive behavior. That's what he's talking about. Greed. He says, this must not even be mentioned among you as is proper among saints. As believers, our way of life, whether in public or private, should reflect the validity of our faith. He goes on to say, Be sure of this, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, that is idolatry, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. For such a person, oh, so good, for such a person places a higher value on something other than God. Now, ponder this. The first sin, if you will, that is mentioned here is fornication, sexual immorality. And the word is pornea. That's the word that is used in the Greek. And it is where we get the English word pornography, which means writings or pictures about prostitutes or sexual fantasy. That is so prevalent in our day to day. The word refers to all kinds of sexual immorality and sexual sin. So fornication is when people sleep around. Fornication means to commit adultery or having sex before marriage. Fornication is when we allow our thought life to be controlled by sexual fantasy and sexual pleasure. And this involves looking at internet sites or watching movies where sexual temptation is encouraged and even promoted. And so many television shows feed this type of temptation. And and guys struggle big time. But let me say this. Women are not immune to this either. The romance novels can become female porn because it perverts reality. And, And we've got to pay close attention. Listen to me, guys. When men look at porn... It often results in them comparing their wives with a picture or or whatever images that they see, and it is so destructive. Fornication, that's the word, fornication is prevalent in our society today among men and women. And to a man and to a woman, to each of us, we must repent, we must come clean. And we've got to take this to heart. Avoid this. Then he uses a, a, a second word here, and he talks about moral impurity. And Matthew 23, 27 captures this of moral impurity, and his words like filth, it's it's rotten, it's unclean, it's it's just impure. And there is a catalog. Of things that I could mention there, but it is referring to all kinds of sexual uh, impurity and perversion. And we've got to stop and ask ourselves this question Am I before the Lord, as I seek to imitate God and follow the example of Christ, am I living a life that's morally pure? And then he uses a third word. He says, refrain from coveting or refrain from greed. And greed is a desire to want more, to want the bigger or to want the better things. And it's, it's in context of sexual immorality and sexual sin here. So being greedy of what he's talking about here means that I'm longing for more of that sin that's shipwrecking my life. He says, stop, make sure you're doing introspection. Allow the Holy Spirit to turn on his searchlight. Greed, wanting the more, wanting the bigger, wanting the better, uh, whatever, it will lead to some major bondage and addiction, which will also lead to some of the most twisted perversions that you will fall into. And I've seen people open the door to pornea, fornication kind of things. They get into the impure kind of lifestyle, and then it becomes like this greed of the heart of wanting more of this perversion, and and, and it's so short-lived, and it's, it's devastating. And so please, when he says, don't even allow these things to be mentioned among you, guys, as we start 2021, my heart's desire and prayer for each and every one of us Is that we would really desire to be clean and walking in freedom with the Lord. Again, our even when when Paul talks about our talk, he transitions here, our talk, and even going back to Ephesians four twenty nine, he says, "Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Don't let any of this corrupt wording and all this stuff come out." But only speak that which will provide grace for the listener. Our talk is another big thing. Our talk is to be used. Our talk is to be used in such a way that it builds others up. And one of the ways that we love through our actions is through how we speak, right? If we want to be loving, we've got to be able to speak truth and life into other people's lives. So when he breaks down this right here... Do not allow this corrupt kind of talking to take place. We've got to take that to heart. All right, so here's what we need to understand. The worldly form of love is actually lust. It's lust. It's craving for that which is outside of the will of God, and that is sin. If we want to be loving in our actions, and if we really desire to model Jesus Christ to the world a huge way that we're going to reveal the love of Christ is going to be with our words, with our talk, right? He says, let there be no filthiness and no foolish, silly talk. Coarse, obscene, vulgar joking. Again, this is the Amplified, I love it. He says, such things are not appropriate for believers, but instead we should be speaking and and." And our word should be thankfulness to God. And and that's what God is calling us to. So, again, where he gives us three, if you will, uh, kind of sins or things that can totally disrupt us underneath the sexual piece in regards to sexual misconduct, he gives us three things right here of how we can abuse our witness with our mouth and with our talking. Now... The first, he says, is filthiness, and this refers right here to shameful, disgraceful language, and, and when he emphasizes this, to shame and gr- disgrace others, to put others down, he goes, that is dirty, that is filthy. To assault other people, oh, man, that's filthy. Stop doing that, and, and I, would, I would beg you today. Lord, am I doing anything in my life right now that's filthy, meaning am I putting others down? Am I degrading others? Am I shaming others with words? Am I creating this distance in relationship with others? Am I disposing of relationships because I am filthy with the way I talk about people? You you see, the contrast would be, we can build others up. We can encourage others. So so huge. The second thing he says is, please, he goes, eliminate foolish talking. There's two words here that make the word foolish talking. And you know, one of my favorite words is the word confess. Like in 1 John 1, 9, it's two words. It's homologia. Homo means to desire the same. Legia means to speak and to say. So that word confess means I'm speaking and saying what God is saying. Here he uses the word foolish talking, which is moro, legia. And it combines two words, moronic, legia. Moronic. It, it, foolish talking is moronic. It's foolish words. It's foolish talking. Again, The word legia means to speak and to say or to talk. So this literally means when you're entering into foolish talking, you're talking with no substance. You're not even really making a point. And really, you're talking to talk, not because you have anything to say, but you're just rambling. And Paul says, stop, stop. If we're going to mimic God and imitate the Lord, we've got to eliminate filth. But we've got to eliminate foolish talking, just talking to talk. And again, that's the reason we say, speak only when spoken through. Speak only when spoken through. Don't just talk to talk. If you don't have anything to say, keep your mouth shut. The third word he uses here is coarse, obscene jokes. And it's, again, coupled with this sexual crude humor. And humor is a beautiful thing. Humor is great. Laughter is a great medicine from God. Uh, that's what the, uh, the writer of, of, of Proverbs would say. And I believe that as believers, we should be the most fun-loving, joyful people on the planet. But we cannot confuse good humor with coarse, obscene joking. We, we can't do that. And it's been said and I read this quote and I loved it. It's been said that where sin is regarded as amusing, the practice of sin becomes appealing. And there's a lot of joking and cutting up and coarse joking that 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 leads people astray and, and speak the truth in love, build each other up, right? So it is not right That our thoughts or our minds or our mouths should be occupied with filthiness, foolish talking, or obscene joking. Our mouth should be used for giving thanks. We, We should be blessing and building up and encouraging. Mimic God. Follow the example of Jesus. So do your words build up The people around you. Do your words give grace to those who hear you? Otherwise, uh, the words that we say can absolutely be devastating. Now, let me close you with this thought. And I want you to focus on verse 5 as I wrap it up and just the word idolater. It's very interesting, right? Idolater. He says this, For be sure of this. No idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. For such a person places a higher value on something other than God. And we live in a world where it is so easy for us to enter into idolatry. Where we start to admire Elevate and give our affection and attention to something other than God. And as Rick said, everything that God created, God is greater than all that he's created. But where we exchange the truth of God for a lie is we start to gravitate toward the created. When something else becomes the center of your life other than God. And it can be so many different things, pleasure, sports, you name it. When something else becomes the center of your life, you're entering into idolatry. When you place a higher value and a higher priority on something else in life and make it your God, it's idolatry. Anything that we hold in high value that is not Christ, he goes, that's idolatry. And I've been doing a lot of introspection. Believe me, when you're isolated and quarantined and I mean, you're just kind of sitting there for three weeks basically and and, and you're sitting there pondering your life and you're pondering, are are you doing what matters? Are you doing what counts? Are you really pressing into the Lord? I've been doing a lot of soul introspection myself. And the one thing I know is, It is so easy to deceive ourselves into thinking that we can desire what the world has to offer and still be worshipers of God. It's like, I want the best of what the world has, and I'm going to add Christ to the equation. He goes, you can't keep me center. It's impossible to worship the world and honestly worship God. So whatever is the center of your life becomes your small-g God or unless it's Christ, now you've got the big G God. Jesus must be uh, everything to me. He, he's got to stay center. And I do have to fight, like you do, against idolatry. Because all these competing influences, uh, influencers are going to come at me. Things want to influence me to go in a variety of different directions. Be imitators of God. Walk in love. Love as Jesus loved us. Love others. Follow Jesus. Avoid sin. And it's only when we're rejoicing in the Lord and imitating God and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to help complete control, only then can we really avoid sin. I've got to be clothed in the Lord daily. And I pray As we start this year again, I pray that you would practice the presence of being with him. I pray that your heart's desire is that, above all, you want to know God and you want to imitate the Lord in all that you do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for just being with us. And thank you for being a God that pursues our heart, even when we start to become wayward at times. You chase us, you grace us, and I wanna say thank you. And I pray that every person, or even listening here this morning, has repented and has surrendered and has yielded to you. Lord, we desire at the Cross Loganville to see people connected to Christ and connected to others in an authentic community with accountability and living lives that are responsible and respectful. And so, Lord, help us to yield, Lord, for my friends that are battling today, Lord, sexual sin, Lord, give them the courage to confront, Father, uh, Lord, those pornea, fornicating, uh, impure, unclean things in their life, and to release it at the foot of the cross, and Father, that they would desire healing and wholeness in their life. Father, we desire We desire to see the captive set free. We desire to see men and women walking in freedom with the Lord. And Lord, we want to model that. Lord, I understand that every one of us, me, Nick, Dustin, Steve, Rick, you name us, all of us are capable of jacking it up. We're all capable of messing things up. And Father, our heart's desire in prayer to you is that we would stay yielded and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Father, as we continue to worship now, have Your way. I pray in Jesus' name. Hey guys, if you would like to interact with us in regards to what I've talked about today, you're like, man, I've got questions. I need help. Is there materials that can help me uh, when it comes to battling whether it's my tongue, my talk? Uh, the things that come out of my mouth, or even uh, areas of bondage, I would encourage you, just reach out. Just send Dustin at thecrossloganville.org a note. If you're a man, send Dustin a note and say, hey, man, I need some help. If you're a female, I would encourage you, just write Kara at thecrossloganville.org. Say, Kara, I would love to talk. We'll build a team around you, and we want to see you walk and freedom okay so let's continue to worship let's make it a great day hey thank you so much for watching the message Uh, we hope that you really pulled some things out of it and just know that our desire is for every person whether you ever step in this building or not to become fully alive in christ yeah we want to see you committed to christ we would love to see you connected to others in a small group and we believe it's important to uh, become a contributing member to the body of christ through uh, sharing your faith, uh, as well as financially investing in the work of God. That's right. And so we pray that you're growing, that you're striving forward. There's so many resources on the website. You can watch past messages, your testimonies from people. We pray that you utilize those and we hope to see you on a Sunday morning. Hey, make it a great day and enjoy uh, the abundant life in Christ.